Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 138 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Krista Thompson. Krista lives in Hingham, Maine, where she is a business consultant and executive coach in the medical technology industry. Welcome, Krista. Hi, Jen. I'm so glad to be with you today. Well, I'm so glad to talk to you. Yeah, we, we were joking beforehand. We actually set this interview up in June, and it's been forever. <laughs> <laughs> I have been on pins and needles waiting since June, so this is exciting. I'm a little behind getting to people. There's more people that, that want to tell their stories than time to tell them, which is a very good problem to have. Absolutely. Well, that just shows how many people you're helping. So that's fantastic. Well, intermittent fasting is amazing. And I'm so glad that you're here helping me spread the word. Well, you're doing a great job of it. So I'm delighted. Well, thank you. It's my big mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I've got one of those too. So we're going to get along great. (laughs) Good. So, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Right. So my first day was September the 2nd, 2019. And so I've been over a year now with intermittent fasting, and it's just been life-changing for me. So really, it was part of my wellness journey, I would say. I mean, I, you know, I think I, 20 years ago, we'd been talking, it would have been about weight loss, but I think intermittent fasting definitely came to me as part of, you know, an overall wellness effort and has just been fundamental to all of that. I love that you're framing it that way because I really want that message to get out more than anything else. You know, we 
I've often said we come for the weight loss, we stick around for the health benefits, but I would love to see that flip. Yes. You know, I want people to come for the health benefits and stick around for the weight loss because, and of course, I started for the weight loss, so many of us did, but we didn't understand the health benefits. And so understanding that this is a healthy way to live, you know, you'll never say again, wow, this doesn't work for me, you know, just because you don't see the results on the scale. It's it's always working for you. It's working in your body in amazing ways every minute. Right. Absolutely. And I started when I was 56 and with fasting. With fasting. Yeah. So I'm 57 now. And for the probably, well, probably the whole 10 years before that, I had really been focused on trying to improve several, you know, minor health issues. I thought they were minor. As I look back on it, I think I was standing at the edge of a cliff with one foot on a banana peel. Honestly, it was oh, yeah. scary when I look back on it now that I feel so much better. I see that I was probably worse off than I thought, but I probably heard about intermittent fasting first about a year before. So I started in 2019 and I heard about it a year before simultaneously from two different sources. One was my doctor and one was a friend who had sent me an article about, you know, 16.8. And when the doctor mentioned it, I was interested because I was trying to fix a lot of things. But at the time, my daughter was 12. And I thought, oh, I, I don't know, not eating in front of a 12-year-old girl. I was very, you know, cautious about that. And at the time, I was doing Whole30, so I, which was very helpful for me. And we can talk about that. And the doctor also had me watch this documentary on Amazon. And the fasting. Yeah, the fasting one where they've got the clinic in Russia and also the, the one in California. And I was fascinated by that. And I took away from it that, boy, that's a really great thing to do if you've got a big problem. It, it didn't click with me that this is something that you could do on a daily basis to help your health. And I think even my doctor, she does more of the longer fast periodically. That's kind of how she does it. Right. That That's a great documentary. I watched that a few years ago. And what I really loved about it is that was right when extended fasting was starting to take off. In you know the fasting communities, we you know some are more time restricted eating, some are more focused on the extended fasting. But what I loved about that documentary is how they talked about this is not something that's brand new. They've been using it like in Russia, all these these clinics for a long time. But they insist that it must be done under proper medical supervision, which I think is so key. And so you know that video you know done by experts saying, hey, make sure you're supervised properly while you're doing these longer fasts, I think is just really important. So anyone who hasn't watched it, I would encourage you to. Yeah, I really took a lot away from it. And, but my big takeaway was, well, gosh, if I ever get sick, I'm going to remember that and I'll go back and, you know, God forbid, if you know I get cancer or something like that, I'm going to be doing that. That was sort of my takeaway at the time. And I didn't kind of get that this is something that could be preventive. And so with Whole30, I really feel a lot better. I, I'm definitely somebody, I need less gluten and less dairy. I definitely have sensitivities to them. For I'm not celiac and I'm not, you know, I don't have allergies per se, but they definitely contribute to inflammation for me. So I lost 10 pounds on Whole30. I was really feeling great. And then that weight came back on, even though I continued to feel better from it. And when I say feel better, joint pain was better. That was a big thing. So, you know, my joint pain and my hips and knees got better and I had less inflammation. But, you know, it was not a weight loss strategy eating that way. And it was a lot of work, you know, just kind of really trying to keep everything out and think of, you know, recipes and all of that. And I was, I felt like I was eating too much meat. So I was eating a lot of meat, a lot of vegetables and, you know, sort of fast forward to the fall of 2019, I was just feeling, you know, really overweight and just felt like the, that style of eating had to be so strict and it felt very constraining. You know, just to pop in there real quick, you've heard me talk about personalized nutrition a lot, yes. I'm sure. And, you know, I just went through the Predict 3 study, Tim Spector and his group. They have now the new Zoe app. In fact, at jenstevens.com slash Zoe, I have information about that for people that are interested in trying it. But, you know, even, you know, healthy foods can be inflammatory for us. And that's the thing. You found that gluten and dairy were inflammatory and you didn't feel well having too much meat. Right. And I'm the same way with with meat. And also, after doing the Predict 3 study through the Zoe app, 
I found out that too much fat is inflammatory for Mm me. You know, my body doesn't clear the fat as quickly. So that's why keto was a fail for me. And I felt so bad and I felt so inflamed. And so going forward, if I want to feel my best, I probably shouldn't eat as much fat as, you know, I, I could, as I would like to, right? Just because it's inflammatory for my body. Am I saying fat is bad? No. Are you saying meat is bad? Nope. Saying gluten's not bad. Dairy's not bad. But they inflame you. So when you, I, I'm a big fan of Whole30 yeast for, for that purpose. And it really helps you pinpoint what, what your body responds well to. Absolutely. And I, so I, I do feel they're really complimentary. I do think you need to figure out what foods work for your body best. And that's, you know, what you need to eat. And then, you know, fasting is such a foundational, I don't know, what basis, I guess, of, of feeling better. And that I really found that. I wanted to say, so I just don't forget, I loved um, Feast Without Fear. Thank you. You don't talk about that as much. And I don't. I, I really, <laughs> I really liked a lot. I learned a lot from that, that, you know, people can eat differently and that's okay. I need to eat differently. And so, you know, I, I don't think there's one way of eating. There's obviously many ways of eating. I have a dream one day to take that book and flesh it out even more with what we know now, which is more than we knew then. And I would like to maybe republish that traditionally instead of being self-published. I stopped talking about it so much when um, Fast Feast Repeat came out because I worried it might be too much of, you know, if someone's read Fast Feast Repeat, they'd be like, well, I already know all that. But I do think it has different information. I'm really proud of that book. And it taught me so much and got me going in that direction that, wow, we really are all different. And now I'm seeing so many more people talk about that. It's, It's important. I, I think it's very important and especially, you know, it's exciting now that there's starting to be tests available to kind of show that as well. I'm a data geek. I'm a lab, you know, I was trained as a lab person. So, you know, I think that's going to help, but I thought it, it just helps take some of the pressure off. You know, you do need to eat better in a way that's better for your body, but there's not one way of doing it. The one thing about that book that I would like to expand on in a future book is the DNA part, because We've learned more since then, because I wrote that in 2017, and since then we've learned, yes, DNA is a factor, but it is not the most important factor. It's really, gut microbiome is so important, and the good news there is that you can make a lot of changes to what you eat, and you can influence your gut microbiome in a positive way. So I would really like to you know, dig in more to the, the new research on that, and after writing Feast Without Fear, everyone wanted to have their DNA analyzed and get like a quote, you know, diet plan, and you know, people may have noticed I never endorsed or recommended anyone plan for that because I've always felt the science isn't quite there. The point is, yes, we're all different. Yes, I do think that your genetic factors play a part, but we're learning that's less of a part. It's still a part of it. You know, there's like a gene that they've discovered since I wrote Feast Without Fear that can say whether or not your body, you know, is is better with carbs or something. It's it's it like they. I'm just talking off the top of my head, but the theory is that it this genetic adaptation changed when farming, you know, people started eating differently. And some people have that adaptation and some people do not. And so, you know, there's definitely clues there, but you're not going to be able to plug your DNA and then boom, here's a plan for you. We're not at that point. We don't have it. But the Zoe app with the, the microbiome analysis, and they also test your blood with a CGM, a continuous glucose monitor, and they see in real time how your body responds to actually what you're eating. So valuable. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories 
promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's buyoptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. So good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. I've heard you talk before about how you like baked potatoes and it's funny. I, I feel great after eating a whole baked potato and I eat the whole skin and everything, but, but not often. It's funny. I don't, I don't, you know, maybe once every other month I'll have a, a complete baked potato and I just feel great. But if I ate one the next day, I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have the same impact. The score, though, the Zoe app gives you a score based on food combining, like combination foods and how that's going to impact your body. Like if I ate a dry baked potato, it would have a lower score than if I eat a baked potato with butter and sour cream on it because the butter and the sour cream and the potato together, it changes the way your body processes that meal. But on the flip side, too much fat over a period of time is is not good for me. So I would need to space out, not have too much fat. So adding the butter and sour cream helps me process the, the potato better but I have to be cognizant of how much fat I'm putting into the whole window, if that makes sense. It, it totally it's makes sense. I, I feel the same way. Being diety. Mm-hmm. I find that I just have to mix things up. That's what works best for me. You know, I, variety is important. And I, I tend to go through cycles. I'll crave certain things and I'll have them for a while. Like it's Weird things like fermented food. I'll crave that. And, then, and I, I think it's, you know, our body's telling us we need something. I think so too. And, you know, I refuse to ever feel diety again. You know, I was going to track with the Zoe app for a month. I was going to do it for 28 days because they recommend that you do it. I did it for seven days. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't track. I can't track. You know, I learned the lessons. Yep. I understand how to do it. I just can't track. But I'm so glad I went through it. But <laughs> sorry, not tracking. I just refuse to be in that diet space ever again in my own brain. Right. And I, I am the same way. And I, I think when I started fasting, I recorded my weight every day. And that was a wonderful thing I learned from listening to you is to track it every day and do the average. And I actually did that in a spreadsheet rather than an app because I just had had a bad experience trying to record all my food in an app. And I just didn't want to go there again. I'm like, I'm not, and I, I can see where it's really valuable, but I, because I'd had that bad experience with, you know, just excessive tracking, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to. Yeah, some people love it. Yeah, which is great. You know, they love it, you know. My co-host on the Life Lessons podcast, Sherry, she is a tracker. Yeah. She likes, she just likes the data. But I, to me, it feels hard and like a chore. And I, I don't, it makes me feel like I'm dieting, even if I'm just tracking just to look at it. I'm like, I don't want to see it. And I see like the number of calories I ate, which I haven't, I haven't looked at calories since, I don't know, I can't even think of the last time I've tried to add up calories, but the app did it for you when you were putting them in. And I started to think, oh, did I eat enough? Oh, did I eat too much? And I'm like, wait, crazy. Right, Stop right, doing that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to do that yeah. ever again. Right. No. So, <laughs> but I do have all my data from, you know, the first six months of IF and that's been really valuable. So when I started, you know, in the fall of, of 2019, Part of it was, you know, our, um, my stepson was getting married on January 4th. And so, yeah, there was a weight component to it. I'm not going to lie. Like, right. I, oh, I get it. I wanted to be in the healthy weight category for that for that wedding. But I looked up some books and I saw The Complete Guide to Fasting by Jason Fung. And so that was actually the first book I read. And then when I was reading that, I realized, okay, you wrote this obesity code. I need to, to see that. Now, I am a voracious reader, so I had to read all the stuff in quick succession. So I read that and the obesity code started on, um, and that was over Labor Day weekend, you know, right before September 2nd when I started. 
And then I found your podcast. So first of all, good job for picking the term intermittent fasting podcast. Yay! <laughs> I'm a marketing person. So from a marketing perspective, that was brilliant. Because I So then I found you and Melanie. And right about that time, my dog was old enough. My puppy got big enough to really go on long walks. And so I walked and listened and walked and listened and walked and listened and binge listened, you know, your podcast while I was walking the dog. And then because of that, listening to the podcast first, then I went back and read, you know, Delay, Don't Deny and Feast Without Fear and then joined the Facebook group. And the fa- I was so fascinated on the Facebook group by the before and after pictures. Like I just couldn't get enough of it. I was really addicted for like a period of time because I get it. People just look so healthy. Yeah. This is the thing that just kept coming away from me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. People were smaller, but it wasn't that they just look so healthy. And it was unbelievably motivating for me to go through that, that I just really felt like, and when I, I skipped over this, but when I read Jason Fung and saw his, you know, YouTube video and he explained the insulin resistance. It was like the heavens opened up and started singing to me because I knew that was my problem. I know I was insulin resistant. I had never had, you know, my fasting insulin tested because people don't. And but I knew that was my problem because I had fixed the sensitivities right with whole 30. I knew I didn't need gluten. I knew I, you know, couldn't have as much dairy. But I thought, oh, that's it. And so I jumped in with both feet because I just, you know, I knew and I went straight to 24. I am a deaf, I am a, you know, rip the bandaid off kind of person yeah. for sure. But I also knew that I would, I just knew I'd be able to do it because I understood the science of it and had done so many other things. And so, you know, the first day was okay. Then the second day, gosh, I was exhausted. And I thought, and I, in one of his books, he'd said something, oh, you could have some MCT oil or something. So I thought, well, maybe I'll do that. Oh, that was terrible. That I was really, I had to take a nap. <laughs> the, day yeah, that, yeah. the day that I put the MCT oil in my coffee, I had to take a nap. And then after that, it just started gradually getting better. And I definitely had a detox. And, when, and that's when I got your podcast and I heard the clean fasting. Like, okay, well, that makes sense. You know, it made it made perfect sense to me that you know you're you could have an insulin response to something that tastes good, and so once I started clean fasting, I was just really off to the races. And I I definitely had a detox period, like in that second week, I you know broke out in some rashes, and I could start to see my health issues coming out. You know, because these were things I had struggled with. I had had hives that we could never find, you know, the source of. I'd had eczema. I'd had, you know, a lot of different things. And I felt like as I was burning through fat, these things were popping out. Like, you know, if that makes any sense, like the toxins or whatever. Well, it makes complete sense. You know, I think about it like the analogy of walking into the forest. You know, you walk into the forest, you get into the forest, but when it's time to go, you have to walk back out the same way you came, you know, you know, and it's also like thinking about an archaeological dig with your fat <laughs> storage, right? You know, we, we dig down through the layers. This is my elementary teacher coming out. But as you dig down through the layers, you uncover what was put there. And as you keep digging down, you uncover things that were there you know, longer ago, that have been buried longer. And so, you know, our bodies do stash weird things in our fat cells. They're like, well, it's kind of almost like the junk drawer, right? Every fat cell is like a little bit of a junk drawer and your body's like, well, I'm going to cram this weirdness in there. But then it comes back out. Right. And that was very fascinating to me. And I, and again, I, I took that as signs that was working, which I, and I think I wouldn't, I don't think I would have been able to do that even five or 10 years earlier, but I think because I had tried just done so many other things, you know, to, you know, my diet and stopping, you know, all as many medicines as possible. You know, I, I don't take over the counter ibuprofen or anything like that. Like I, you know, and I, that helped my gut microbe, gut microbiome a lot because I was just taking so many um, over the counter pain relievers because my joint pain and everything else. So as I started to fix all of that, then I, I do think that my gut got better and that helped. But with the, the fasting, I was also fascinated with it, that it just fit my lifestyle. You know, I love to cook. I love to go out to eat. I love to entertain, but I do all of that in the evening. It's not like I, you know, 
have gourmet breakfast for people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever. I don't do that. So it didn't interrupt my lifestyle at all. It just, I, I have an evening window and, you know, I would open, you know, around four or something. I think when I first started, I opened around 2.30 when my daughter got home from school. And, you know, after she got her a snack, then I would have a snack and then fix dinner. And that's evolved over time, which is another thing. I When I really got into fat burning mode, I had several days where I would have a 23-1 window because I would just eat a big meal and I had so much fat to burn that, you know, I had plenty of fuel. As I lost weight, then I had to open that window back up again. You know, and, and so now it, it's three to four hours most days, occasionally it's six and and it's evolved. And I think that's a big thing that I I didn't anticipate. But as your body changes, you kind of need to adapt, you know, what you're doing to that. That's very, very true. And a lot of people will get hung up on on that kind of a idea that, you know, you have to pick something and then you're going to do that forever. And really that's not, that's not what you do. And it changes over time. And, you know, I find that if I have a day where I eat less because I'm busy and I open my window later, the next day I might be hungry at 1 PM. Right. And, you know, I've talked about before how I'm, I'm having way much less alcohol. You know, I had like a little bit of a glass of wine with my husband one day at dinner last week, but I'm having way less alcohol, but my that's made my window close earlier because mm-hmm. I used to continue sipping my wine till maybe eight or nine, whatever, <laughs> then I needed a snack. But now after dinner, I'm done. Right. And so that's naturally, even now, this many years in, my window has shifted a little earlier mm-hmm. to fit my new, you know, I don't have to fit it around drinking wine anymore. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm, Similar, I I'm still drinking some, but I only drink dry farms wine. I mean, yeah, me else. too. I, I, you guys, you guys have me completely hooked on that. But it makes, um, a big, it makes a big difference. It's huge, and and if I have, I really feel uh, I don't feel well even with dry farm wines if I have too much. But like I got my husband the Reds collection for Christmas, and since I'm no longer getting regular shipments because I'm not drinking so much as as I was, but you know he opened a beautiful bottle of of Red, and I had. I said, pour me what you think would be a small glass. Now, this is the man who, you know, can have like so little bit of something, you'd be shocked. Like he'll open up peanuts and have like five peanuts. You know? I heard <laughs> you say that. I, I just, I cannot relate to that one. <laughs> like I get these daily harvest smoothies and he's like, I only eat one fourth of one. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay. But anyway, I asked him to pour me a small, what he would consider to be a tiny glass of wine. I mean, it was really teeny. It was like a pencil amount, like, you know, the, the width mm-hmm. of a pencil at the bottom of the glass. And I drank it and then I felt fabulous. I didn't feel any ill effects at all. It was like, it was one of those Melanie Avalon micro doses, yeah, you know. She's so good at that. She's very disciplined. <laughs> I had a micro dose and it, it was, I was okay. It was fine. And obviously I was not intoxicated from it and right. <laughs> it was good. And I enjoyed having a couple mouthfuls of the wine. One of the other things that I found fascinating about just back to the fitting my lifestyle and, you know, I traveled a lot and when I was in corporate America. And so there were just certain things I wanted to see how well fasting would work with that when I started in the fall. So, you know, the first milestones, I had a weekend trip down to New York City. And, you know, I I lived in New Jersey for a long time. So I love New York. I love being there. And I've seen friends and I was taking my daughter so we could see a show. And I thought, well, now how is this going to work? And so I closed my window earlier. I just decided, like, look, I'm I just going to shoot for trying to have a minimum of 16 hours of fasting, and then I'll do whatever. So I closed my window earlier the day before, and then I, you know, I didn't eat breakfast, but we opened my window at brunch with my friends, and then my daughter and I ate dinner early because we were going to a show. I thought, well, you know, I had a eight-hour window and had two great meals in New York, and then I just fasted again through the next day. It was fine. So, I, and you know, that sounds small, but well, that was big to me because I was like, well, I, would be oh, able, I, get I was able to fast and, and enjoy myself and nothing, you know, bad happened. And then the holidays and that worked well and, you know, minor adjustments, nobody was inconvenienced. I didn't have to discuss it. Nothing happened. I am, you know, but, and, you know, even at my son's wedding, I didn't, his ceremony was like 
three, I think, and I didn't eat before then. And, you know, we were all getting ready together and our hair and makeup done and all this kind of stuff, you know, with all the girls and there was just food everywhere. And I, and I didn't eat it, not because I was trying to fast, but because I knew I wasn't going to feel good. And I really wanted to feel good. You know, that's where the power is, you know, because you knew that if you started to have a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you would, it would change the way you felt in the moment. And you knew that there was going to be, I'm sure, a feast coming later. Oh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We we started eating and drinking at five o'clock that evening after the ceremony and didn't stop until three or four the next morning. You know, it was a big party. So it was great. It was all good. I'm so sad that I didn't get to have that with my son's wedding because, you know, they eloped. And then I was like, well, when you come home, we'll have a big party for you here with all of your friends. So he and his wife came home briefly over the holidays. Of course, we're in a pandemic. Mm. So, you know, he lives in San Francisco. And so he's like, no, we're not having anyone over at all. One of his friends came over and they wore masks and played Frisbee in the yard. But I still haven't gotten to have my big party. I know. That, I really want that. I know. And I, lo- I love a party. So, you know, I love throwing them and the bigger, the better, you know, so I can't. We're going to have a big party that. here one day. Oh, you better believe it. I'm going to have a series of big parties when, the, yeah. when it's all safe to do that. But yeah. And I think one of the final things that this big test, I said, you know, I indicated that I had traveled a lot, you know, when I was in corporate. And when I say travel a lot, like I travel internationally, I mean, you know, million mile club on airlines and things like that, you know, and all over the world. And, and that really took a toll on my body. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. You know, what a wonderful thing from a work, you know, and life experience perspective, but you know, it messed with my sleep. It messed with my hormones. It messed with my, you know, everything. So right before shutdown with the pandemic in the end of February last year, I took an international trip with a client and we went to the UK and Germany and I was fasting, you know, during that time. And oh my goodness, I can't even tell you how good I felt. No jet lag, no, you know, and it just worked. It was a very hectic trip. We were changing hotels every night. And, you know, first of all, I have to say I had to buy a whole new wardrobe because none of my business clothes fit and because I'd lost weight with IF. And so I bought a small little capsule wardrobe, everything matched so it could all go in this tiny little suitcase and for a week. And I didn't eat on the airplanes and I didn't eat during the day. And I was sharp. You know, we were talking to clients and all this stuff and my brain was sharp and I was on top of it and drinking black coffee. And then we would have business dinners in the evening and I was able to sleep. And I was able to get up and go the next day. And when I got home, I wasn't jet lagged. And I thought if I had had, I'd still be trapped. I would still be doing what I was doing, I think. Because I liked it so much, but I didn't have that tool. Oh, yeah. We're not doing that right now. We're not traveling all around. This is the longest I've ever gone since like my late 20s without being on a plane. Like it's just wacky to me. Wacky. But it is. Here we are. So, you know. I think that that's huge. There's actually research that shows that fasting can help with jet lag. Yeah. Oh, so I, people keep I, that in I, mind if you're changing time zones. I, I am a convert. And Yay. I, so it was great. And when I came back from that trip, that's when I decided to stop weighing. I just like, yep, I'm done with it. Yeah, I know it works. I'm never not going to do this. And I'm done. And I'm so grateful that I stopped weighing then. So this would have been the beginning of March 2020. So right before shutdown, I stopped weighing. Thank you. <laughs> That's a good thing. Oh, yeah. Because like everybody else, everybody's stressed. And, and I kept my window tight, but I was drinking more wine. I was eating more desserts. We were baking. And you know what affected me first? It was not the weight. My feet started hurting again. Oh, and inflammation. Inflammation. And... Again, this was such a cause for celebration because what a great thing to say, I have to tighten up my food choices, not because of weight, but because of inflammation. And that is a choice that so, to me is so much easier to make. You know, I have to stop eating baked goods because I want to be able to walk. Thank you very much. You know, and that's, I joke about it. It's like, you know, eating like a grown up, but but it is in a way because you you connect it to, you know, like, like my husband, Chad, he's figured out that if he has too much sugar, it makes his ears ring. So 
eating like a grown-up, he has to make that decision, do I want my ears to ring or not? So he has to cut down on the sugar or he'll have ringing ears. But we make those connections and and it's not that he's on a diet and he can't have sugar. It's that, you know, you realize the consequences. It's like me with overdoing the wine. (laughs) I don't feel well. I don't sleep well. I also, besides finding out that my body, you know, metabolizes alcohol slowly, I also read recently that as we age, our body um, slows down on its ability to metabolize alcohol. So that makes sense as well. So, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm definitely experiencing that. You know, I just can't, just can't have all the alcohol that I had when I was younger. And, you know, it's a little sad. Okay. But it's not, you know, some people are like, well, wait a minute. You said I wouldn't have to deny. Why why are you denying? Well, it's because I want to feel good. Right. Right. This makes me feel better. I'm not doing it because I read a diet plan that said I had to. I'm doing it because, gosh, I feel better. Right. And I feel really great. Like even with the gluten and dairy, I can have a little bit of it. You know, it's, it's, and I feel like it's almost a, what do you want to say? Like a bucket. Like I, I, that's exactly the analogy. Yeah. My, my body can take care of a certain amount of it. And then when I tip the balance, then I start having problems. Have you heard that analogy before or did you just come up with it? Because that is like the analogy. I'm sure I've heard it. I'm sure I've heard it because I've read all your stuff and everything. I, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, I don't think I've put it in any of my, oh, okay. my stuff yet, but it's, it's it's coming. I'm working on a new book. Oh, good for you. But the bucket effect, I, I first heard about it when I had a son. Um, well, I have two sons, obviously. But when one of my sons was having really big issues with chemical sensitivities and sensitivities when he was a toddler. And um, I read a book, Is This Your Child? by Dr. Doris Rapp. She's an allergist. Mm. And she talked about the bucket effect and how we all have a different bucket. And when your bucket is full, the next little drop in there, stuff spills out. And so that's what was happening in, in Will's body. You know, his bucket was full. And when we kept putting these things in that didn't work for him, it would spill out and we would see, you know, whatever. But we saw it with him, with, you know, the behavior from his, you know, his intolerances. But for someone else, it might be, you know, your joint pain that you experience, or it could be an autoimmune flare, or it could be, you know, whatever. So a lot of these these day-to-day ailments that we go through have to do with our buckets and, you know, what you're putting in. And fasting does help us lower the levels in our buckets, which is great. It does. And I, and that, so I, I think it, you know, allows me to be a little more flexible with my food choices. And again, to be able to have gluten and dairy occasionally, but you know, it's funny, you know, during Christmas, you know, I fixed three batches of Christmas cookies and we, you know, peppermint ice cream only, oh, yeah. well, only available at Christmas time. And so I got a big eczema patch on my arm and, yeah. and now I, it's, I stopped and now it's going away. And, and so, yeah, you know, you, you can, you can make choices, you know, you can fill your bucket up and you just, you're at risk of it spilling over a little bit and you got to ring it back in. And I ate cheese and sausage balls like it was my job for a few days over Christmas. <laughs> like you, I only make them at Christmas yep. and, you know, you know, they're like big giant. I mean, they're honestly big, you know, they're balls of sausage and cheese bound together with some, you know, baking mix and not the, the best foods for someone who clears fat slowly, right? <laughs> So inflamed. I'm I was sure they're, delicious, though. they're so good. Oh my gosh. But you know, they they should not be something that I eat normally. I was I was more inflamed and I could tell. Yeah. Even in a window. You know, if you're choosing foods that don't work well for you, you're not gonna feel your best. And I feel like that's been one of my the biggest benefits of fasting for me is that it's just given me back the ability to listen to my body, you know, and to and to to hear these minor signals that we're not, you, you couldn't feel them or sense them when you're that inflamed. Right. So getting rid of the inflammation and you can say, okay, you know, I can have, a, I, I can have a little bit of something or I can overindulge and then recover. And, you know, I can adjust my window based on how my body is feeling and, and based on what I eat. And I, you know, I can have, I can listen and say, I, I have a craving for this thing. I should, I should eat that thing. You know, if I have a craving for it, you know, I never crave McDonald's. I gotta be honest, but you know, if I well, see, I still do to this day, yeah, I, don't, you know? I still crave it. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm not embarrassed or sorry no, but to admit be. it because sometimes I just, my body's like, you know, it would be, and it's very rare. I mean, like, 
I think I went a year without having it, but I had been to the beach and then I was like, I'm just really would like to have this. So I had it and um, I told Chad and he was like, are you secretly eating? I'm like, no, it's not a secret. (laughs) It really hit the spot. And then I was like, blah, (laughs) after I ate it. But, you know, there's some, I don't crave like, for example, Pop-Tarts anymore. I used to always want, I don't know why, pop, those chocolate Pop-Tarts. I would be like, ooh, I need, but no, they don't sound good anymore. Yeah. For me, I like, I crave something like a Reuben, like a big greasy yeah. Reuben sandwich with, you know, fries. And yeah, definitely not like I eat healthy all the time. I absolutely don't. You know, I, there's definitely things that I'm happy to have. But I feel better when I eat real foods you know, 95% of the time. And and that's it's probably, well, maybe 90% of the time. I don't know. <laughs> I love a good cracker. <laughs> oh, me too. And so I, I would say that the, that's the most processed food that I eat or ultra processed food is gluten-free crackers. And I, you know, I know they're not, you know, that gluten-free. I me too. It's a texture thing. Yeah. It is. I love, you know, like those, those food should taste good tortilla chips. Have you ever had those? I haven't had those. No. I love those. Food should taste good is like the brand name there. The black, the bag is like yeah. black. Okay. Yeah. And they make these whole grain tortilla chips. They make an organic version and they're very, very good. Like I like to have those with just like some chopped up avocado. Although my Zoe app did tell me that <laughs> that is a lot of fat at one time for my body, but <laughs> so delicious. I'm glad they've got those little avocados now. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you eat one, yeah, half an avocado or a quarter. You know who does that? Chad Stevens. Oh well, he'll he gets out an avocado. (laughs) I don't even understand. I I love the man, but he'll get out an avocado and he cuts it in half, and then he eats half of it. I'm like, what in the world is half a serving size? Is the whole avocado? Right, me too. I'm not right. Yeah. He'll save it and he put it in the fridge and it gets all brown, and I'm like, that's now your avocado. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, similar to, to Chad, I've got my husband, Tom, doing fasting as well. And, and he never needed to lose weight, you know, but he's had a lot of, I don't want to say a lot, but he's had some big health issues, you know, back surgeries and bladder surgery and some skin cancers. And I'm like, listen, you know, you need this for the autophagy. You got to do it. And right. I explained it to him. It's like, oh, okay. So he does I don't know, what is it, 16, 8 or 18, 6, somewhere in that, you know, he's lunch and dinner, basically, right, comes right down to it, but and drinks just black coffee in the morning then. And, you know, he lost a little bit of weight and feels better. And, you know, other than that, I don't think, you know, the big thing for him, when we started taking the magnesium at night, when we when we got the bioptimizers magnesium, that really helped him because he was having like okay. some things at night. And so that's been a, a big improvement for him. But um, yeah, it's nice that, and you know, my daughter's 14 now and she doesn't do fasting obviously, but I've stopped pushing breakfast, you know, and I, you know, I never, I never, I never did like to eat breakfast early. I could never eat right when I first got up my whole adult life, you know, and then I, you know, went through certain diets where, you know, you felt like you had to force yourself to eat breakfast because that was the right thing to do. And it wasn't not the right thing for me. <laughs> and so similarly with her, you know, sometimes she'll want, I always offer it, you know, and she's 14. She can get herself something now. She's, big, you know, old enough to do that. But sometimes she'll eat a little bit of something and sometimes she won't, you know. I think that's that's wonderful. And, you know, sometimes mothers do worry about, you know, what's the, the message this is going to send. And I think back, you know, I, I talked about in Delay, Don't Deny, thank goodness I had sons because I feel like I would have messed up daughters <laughs> with my crazy dieting. But I really think that the the message that I would have sent to them through those years, the crazy diet years, that was a way worse message. Mm-hmm. You know, the crazy dieting and the trying, you know, the gaining and the losing and the now I'm obese and now I'm middle-sized and now I'm obese again, you know, that was crazy modeling. And instead, fasting, I'm modeling a great relationship with food. Right. I feel that way too, because we eat dinner together as a family. You know, I, I cook dinner and we sit down, we eat together as a family. And it is not uncommon for me to eat more than her father at dinner. Right. Because yeah, me too. he's, he's yeah. had lunch, he's had some snacks in the afternoon, you know, and if, if I'm really hungry, then I just refill my plate. I keep eating. I eat a lot. You know, I do, I'm not like fasting and then just nibbling. Eating I like a bird. Oh, no. no. I'm like a farmhand, you know. <laughs> I come from that stock. So, you know, I, I need to eat. And so it's just so much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. 
and you don't even have to worry about it. Like, no. How much did I eat? It doesn't matter. You know, someone today, it, it's we're recording this in January. We're, you know, the new year. People have just started and people in the Facebook groups. Someone said, what's the difference between a snack and a meal? And I'm like, nobody, it doesn't matter. Right. Eat it, whatever. Sometimes <laughs> my snacks look like a second meal, you know. Me too. And, and sometimes you know, they look like nothing. And, and, you know, I can eat two olives and that's my snack. And and those are rare days. Like, my, you know, they tend to look like a salad plate full of goodies, you know, that tends to be my snack, but you know, it just changes. And sometimes I, I get really busy, you know, I'll, I had a period in December, we were working on a big consulting project, with you know, tight deadline. And I just regularly was working through until five or six o'clock at night, not because I, you know, I just wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't hungry. I didn't open my window. And I, I did that for a few days and all of a sudden my body was like, hello, are you starving? What's going on? And I, I had to open my window back up and, you know, eat more there for a few days. But I was able to do it. My body does that too. My mm. body communicates with me. So, you yeah. know, people worry. They're like, well, I read somebody say not to do one meal a day long term because, you know, you're getting. And I'm like, your body will tell you. Yeah. you know, mine always does. If, oh, if I too. restrict too much, too long, my body's like, hey, you're really hungry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think at the beginning when I was doing, you know, 24 just regularly, I, I would have to eat constantly during the whole window. And that's why I think I kind of tightened it up and went to 22-2 or 23-1, whatever, some days, just because I could eat a lot and be done. That just worked better for me. And then as, you know, I lost the weight and, and you know, got to a normal weight and that kind of thing. Now now I can stop. Like, I don't like being over full. So I can, I can eat a snack. I can stop, you know, walk the dog, fix dinner, do whatever, and then eat dinner. And, you know, I didn't, I wasn't able to do that for a long time. And I, I would honestly say that's probably only been the last four months. So it's sort of after, after a year of fasting, I'm able now to open my window and stop and then eat something and stop and then maybe close with a little snack and stop. And, and so that's just a new thing, newish. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, the coldest case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's good. Yeah. And, and it, it does continue to evolve. You know, some days I eat more in, you know, whatever I open with is my, you know, quote, bigger meal. Like I eat more because I'm hungrier then. And then at dinner, when I sit down with Chad, I may have this whole plate of dinner and only eat half of it and say, you know, the rest, I'm going to put it aside and he'll eat that for lunch tomorrow because he can eat like a bird and be fine. <laughs> he does. I mean, I, I know I eat more than he does. I just watch him. And I'm like, okay. Oh, I probably do too. <laughs> I, I, well, yeah, I guess Tom does eat lunch. So I probably, probably 
I, mine just is more compacted in a shorter time frame. His is spread out over a longer time frame, but I swear I think my volume might be higher still. Yeah. I, I, it's just I'm funny. sure mine probably is too. Yeah. <laughs> so people always like to ask. I know you stopped weighing in um, the beginning of March, but how much scale weight did you lose in that period of time where you were weighing? People like to like to know those details, and if I don't ask, they'll be like, "Why didn't you ask?" Oh, her? I know. No, I, I, I've got that data, and I did weigh on my you know anniversary, and then again in December for a, a physical. So when I started, I was, a am five, eight, by the way. So I, I shrank over time. I think I was five, nine at one point in my life, but anyway, I'm five, eight. I weighed 180.6, you know, and then I, I track my, my scale has one of those fat measures. Now I don't think, I don't, think it's accurate but I thought well that's what I hear yeah they're not they're not like that accurate but it's still you can use it as a gauge to see how it changes you'd like for it to go down that's the thing so it was 108.6 pounds and 42.5 on that fat thing and then at the one year mark I was 144.2 so I'd lost 36 pounds and the fat thing was 33.4 and then when I weighed in December, um, I was 139.3 and 31.5. So I've lost 40 pounds. I was kind of interested in getting to that round number just from my OCD, you know, issues. I wanted around 40, but that's awesome. I don't know. I, I think that the least amount I've weighed in memory, back in 2001, I weighed um, 135. And that was when I was doing Mary Lou Henner's diet book. <laughs> that's I did I that one. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it was, you don't eat cheese and you, what do you not eat? I can't remember. Well, you don't, guess what you don't eat? You don't eat gluten. Cheese and gluten. Eat, that's right. And I felt great. That's my theory. You know, it's my theory that when you, when a diet book is written, the guru who writes it says, says what worked for her or him. And then they're like, this is what would work for everyone. Try this. And it works beautifully for you because, but that one didn't work for me at all. I didn't feel any better. Well, I felt a lot better. And, and I didn't lose any weight. You know, yeah, I, I lost. <laughs> I lost a lot of weight. I love it. And when I think, you know, at the time I wasn't as heavy, so maybe I lost, you know, twenty pounds, fifteen, twenty pounds on that back at that time, and then gradually yep. you know, that weight comes back. And, and that was right around two thousand one when I was doing it. Right yeah. then, I remember the house that we lived in when I was doing it. And I think the only reason that I remember that is, you know, I had been living in Europe at the time and was getting ready to come home and, and you know, was doing that. But it was, you know, again, no sugar, no alcohol, no dairy, no gluten, you know, no yeah, gluten. And so I felt great and it was really, really good. But then September 11th happened. And I remember that because it was like, you know what, life's a little short without sugar and alcohol. So I and I really it was that kind of moment. And then the weight just steadily, you know, came back and back and back. And, and you know, then it was diet and exercise, all the you know normal things that we all have done. And, and I you know, went through years of that. And, you know, I think when I had my daughter, I had my daughter at 42. So I was an advanced age mother, which was on every piece of paperwork I had. <laughs> I had a miscarriage right before and a miscarriage after that. And so I just think the the toxic soup of hormones that I went through and then, you know, went right into perimenopause, which I didn't know, you know, I didn't have hot flashes. So I didn't realize that so many of the issues that I had around inflammation and everything were all related to that. And I was in a high stress job and traveling and, and my body really took a, a beating. <laughs> so I could always kind of keep it, you know, around that always tried to keep it below 160, my weight and whatever, but then it just, it just stopped working, you know, no matter what I did, no matter how much I exercised or what I did, it just kept going up and up and up. And, and when I lost the first 20, you know, I lost 20 pounds pretty quickly. And I, a lot of that was inflammation. You know, people say water weight, but you know, inflammation is water. It's fluid. It's that's right. Right. So well, great. So yeah, so it's not, it's, you know, we, we feel so much better when we drop all that fluid buildup. It, it's been hiding in your lymphatic system and your tissues. Yeah. So I was very, I think on the first 20 pounds, I still, it still felt more like a diet kind of thing. You know, that was sort of the reaction. Oh, great. This is the best thing ever. I've never taken 20 pounds off this fast. And then as I kept losing weight, I went through this weird little psychological period where what does it mean that I carried around at least another 20 pounds that I didn't have to over my whole adult life? 
And you just kind of thought you're thinking about that. And right. it wasn't just that. It was that it was trying so hard. Like we all do. We try so try, yeah. hard. It wore you out. It wore you out. And it's so much effort and trying to do all the right things and then just feeling like a failure because like, well, why can't I do this? I'm a disciplined person. I'm a hardworking person. I, I'm in the medical technology field and I understand all the science and I can read all of these things and I'm trying everything, you know, why? And I just went through this really weird contemplative period, like for the next 10 pounds, <laughs> it was almost sad because I just realized it just, it didn't have to be this way, you know? But then I got happy again. <laughs> That's I had, good. I had to kind of work my way through that little period of mourning, if you will, and sadness. And then, you know, realize I cannot look back on my life and think it was all bad. It just so clearly wasn't. It was all fabulous. And why not give myself credit for all the things I was able to accomplish, despite the fact that I was carrying around an extra 20 pounds, 20 to 40 pounds of, you know, well, it's so emotional. information. It's very, it's very emotional. And we feel like, you know, like we failed all those years. I mean, yep. I felt like I was failing when I was, I mean, I can remember going to parties with my husband at different weights and seeing people we hadn't seen in a long time and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. They're going to be thinking I've let myself go, you know, quotation marks there. But I was still trying so hard and <sighs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not fair, the pressure we put on ourselves. And, you know, my body was just responding to what I was doing. It was trying its best to keep me safe. and. I wasn't failing. I was trying. Yes. And I, and I think that everybody's trying just so hard and it just shouldn't be this hard. I mean, the body is complicated. Right. And I think one of the things I really like about your books, I think you do such a nice job of, of peeling back the curtain on the scientific complexity behind some of this stuff, but then making it simple enough that people can understand it and follow it. And I, that's a real gift. I mean, I thank you. That's an elementary teacher. Yes. Well, it's great. It's great. <laughs> I do my best. Yeah, it's, it's not simple what's going on, but at the same time, you know, I, I do think it's too easy to get caught. I, I do like some of the biohacking stuff. I like listening to all of it. I love Melanie's podcast and all the interesting people she has on it, but you know, you can get kind of crazed about micromanage all the little deep. Nobody likes the micromanager. That's what I'm saying. Some, <laughs> some people do. They love, I'm not one of them. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I, it, I I like it too. And I like learning about it, but I don't want to live my life trying to, you know, get too precious about mixing up all the little things. It's just too exhausting. I, I, I'm letting like, I want to like leave all that exhaustion behind. Right. I want to turn my attention to, to things that are more interesting than worrying about every little thing, just living my life. Exactly. Um, but I, I respect and, and appreciate that there are people who love all that stuff. Like, Absolutely. like the aura ring, for example, Melanie has an aura ring. Sherry has an aura ring. I don't want one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I'm thinking about, I kind of want one, but I've got my Fitbit and I'm trying. No, to I don't need any of that. I, I stopped wearing an Apple watch. I wore an Apple watch for the first two years that they came out. And then I was like, I don't want that. I don't need that. I don't care how many steps I walked. No. I do like that. And, you know, the thing about that, I like about the Fitbit, I, I feel like I need to move. And like I have a stand up, sit down desk and I have a, you know, exercise ball chair and I, you know, I've got the dog and I feel better if I move more constantly. And so if it, like it's better for me to get 10,000 steps over, you know, the day than to go on a giant walk. And, and so it's just, so it reminds me to move or switch things. It helps you see. And that's the thing. I'm, I'm not knocking those tools for people who like, like Cal wears his, his wife wears hers. They, they get their steps in. For me though, it starts to become diety. I'm like, Ooh, today I did this tomorrow. I'm going to do that. I'm going to beat my record. I'm like, wait a minute. No, right. <laughs> I don't want to live my life trying to beat a record. Yeah, I just want to yeah, live my life. That too. There was a period like, like on New Year's day, I decided I was going to take a break and I had, now that we're all home all the time, you know, there's always something to do at home. There's always something. So work oh, always. in your office and we're cleaning something and I go, I'm going to sit on my hands on New Year's. You know, I didn't really like that day. I got to be honest, but I got to the end of it and I hadn't had 10,000 steps. I thought, oh, I should go on a long walk. I'm like, no, you're taking right. a break. And I'm also not knocking the people who do like to beat their record. There's nothing wrong with that either. It's just a matter of, does your brain interpret that in a healthy way? Mine starts to spiral into unhealthy things when I start doing tracking or measuring or counting or any anything. 
and like, ooh, so, you know, I just, I know myself. So right. it's, it's I, I knowing yourself. very similar to that. And so you just got to keep saying to yourself, things are tools, you know, they're not, you can't be a slave to the tool. It needs to serve you. And I think that's, exactly. like, you know, and I, I have to tell myself that, like, I have to, you know, like, no, 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 that is a tool. It's there to serve you. You are not there to serve, you know that tool. Yeah, even my shape of scale, you know, but the the period of time, you know, between, you know, just before Christmas when Cal and Kate were here and through New Year's and I was eating foods I don't normally eat, my windows were longer. I started seeing gray, 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 which means, you know, your weight trend is trending up. And I'm like, okay, every day I get on it, I'm going to continue to see gray. And throughout this whole period, so I'm going to just take a break. I put it on vacation mode and then started back on it after New Year's. Mm -hmm. And I continued to see a little gray until I got 10 days out from Christmas or something. And then, you know, then I saw a couple of green. Now I'm back on teal. That weight's coming back down. But I didn't want to see that. I'm like, you know, I don't... I'm I'm confident enough. I'm almost at six years of maintenance now, and I ha- didn't measure my weight at all for many of those years. So I'm confident that my body is just has these up and down periods that are normal for me. And it was nice to see it now coming back down, but I didn't want to see that up, up, up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure every Christmas, New Year's looked like that. There was some up, 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 and then back down as you get back to normal. I think that's true. And I just stayed away from the scale during, you know, I, I know that the scale must be up now because I got this right. edema patch saying you're eating a bunch yep. of fish and be eating. Your so bucket's I'm full. Sure my bucket's full. And so I don't need to go get on the scale and have it tell me that. <laughs> I already know that. And, you know, I'm, and maybe someday I'll get a shape of scale, but at this point I don't feel the need for it. Feel the need to, yeah. but, but I think it's a brilliant idea though. I love it. I, I love it. Just because, you know, now I don't have to worry that I'm going to accidentally, that was the thing about menopause that scared me that I was going to mm-hmm. gain weight and not realize it. So I, you know, I think this idea that, you know, people are different. I want to say I've had several friends start fasting since, you know, I did. So my husband, and then I I reached out to some of my friends, you know, just to see, are you, you know, how's it working for you? And what would you say about it? And, and, you know, it's just been so wonderful for so many people. And I, you know, and my have friends that just have different benefits, you know, one's, you know, very similar to me and she and her husband are doing it. You know, my one friend is, she's a high performance athlete. Like she's a great tennis player and paddle player. She really suffered from inflammation. So what it's done for her is, you know, it's allowing her to, you know, in her early fifties to really play hard, hard tennis and recover quickly. So that's interesting, right? That's awesome. Yeah. So things like that, I think are really exciting. And, you know, all of this has made me want to figure out how do I bring some of this information into my executive coaching practice? I don't want to be a health coach, but at the same time, you know, people are under so much stress and if they don't know how to manage that or if they're that point of their life and, you know, people or most of the people I coach are middle-aged and, and, or, you know, nearing that and they, you're the only tool you have available to is your body and your mind. What else you got to work with? That's it. Exactly. If you're having health issues, you know, and I want to be able to provide that kind of information. And I feel confident I can direct people in the right direction now. I mean, I've recommended your books to a lot of people. Thank you. But anyway, long story short, I've decided that I'm going to get my functional medicine coaching certification. So when this comes out, I will have started the program in March. Oh, fabulous. That's fabulous. um, What what program are you using? I'm using the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy, which is affiliated with the Functional Medicine Coaching or Institute, Institute of Functional Medicine. That's what it is. And that'll allow me to sit for the fitness coach or wellness coach. Um, boards at the end of it. And then, you know, the reason I did part of it is I've done, I've read so many books about this stuff and I really like it and it's interesting to me. So I'll, I'll just enjoy it. But, you know, me being me, like I would not have taken wellness advice from my business coaches. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, the, well, people are going to be hiring me. They're not going to listen to me. But if I say, look, look, I've been through what you've been through and I, so I was so interested in it. I studied it. Right. I, th- I think that that'll really make difference. And you may not want me as your wellness coach, but 
take my advice and get one. If you want to keep it separate, that's fine. But, you know, I think there's things that you need to work on. So that's that's what I'm going to do. I think it'll be fun. I'm excited about it. Well, I'm excited for yeah. you. Now, we are really out of time, but yeah. I'm going to give you one minute. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you had first started? One thing I would encourage people to do is to really get clear on their why and to tell themselves a story about it. Like losing, why do you want to lose weight or why do you want to be healthy? And, you know, things like I want to be able to dance at my daughter's wedding, you know, and I'm going to be old. So, <laughs> but it's not happen. so, you know, things like that. I think that's really helpful. And the other thing I wish I had known or, or I think would be good for people to know is your body will change on fasting. And as your body changes what you need to do, in terms of what you eat or what your window is and all that kind of stuff, it'll change. And so, and be flexible with it. It's okay. And, you know, if for it to really be a way of life, you need to adapt as your body adapts and changes and all of that. And I think that's really powerful not to get you know, too hung up on it. Well, that is such great advice. Well, Krista, I have really enjoyed talking to you today and thank you so much and good luck with your new endeavor. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you for all you do. I've been so excited to talk to you. Just as fun as I thought it would be. It's been a long time coming. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Murder on My Mind, a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus explores the circumstances leading up to the murder of two young men and the mistrials of the man accused of killing them. Up-and-coming rapper YNW Melly gained notoriety in the hip-hop world for his shocking lyrics and criminal exploits. When two of his best friends were gunned down in a drive-by shooting, investigators suspected the young rapper staged the scene. But after not one but two trials that ended in hung juries, and new evidence that may place YNW Melly at the scene of the crime, his trial has been paused indefinitely. With countless twists and turns, Law & Crime covers all angles of the case and begs the question, is this young artist the victim of a witch hunt or a silver-tongued devil who's evil to the core? Listen to Murder on My Mind exclusively and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.